did anybody know it's SAFM you're listening to right now and we're coming to you live as you can hear from the Open Book Festival here in Cape Town. Well, our last item from the festival today is, um, it's a woman's item, I think I can say. I've got two women with me right here on the other side of the desk. And we're going to be talking to Colleen Higgs, who is the founder of Majaji Publishers. I think they've been going for, how many years have you been going, Colleen? Seven. Seven years. That's, that's really quite something. So seven years, and I, I remember when it started, and seven years, I think that's, that's a time at which one has to sort of reflect and rethink. We're going to be talking a little bit about Majaji Publishers and whether or not the woman's voice has been well represented here at the Open Book Festival. Plus, we're going to be talking a bit about book covers, which I think is just the most fascinating subject. I went to a, um, a little talk earlier at which Jessie Breitenbach was amongst the panellists. Hi, Jessie. Nice to have you with us. Thank you. Are you do, do we call you a book designer, a book cover designer? What, what is your proper title? Um, I suppose I'm a book cover illustrator. Okay. Um, Artist. And design is kind of... <laughs> book cover illustrator yeah. rather than a designer that would imply something quite different altogether. Is that one of many things that you do? Yeah. I do lots of other illustration. I do printing. I do comics. Okay. Ah, you're another comicist. Lovely. Colleen, let's start with you, because um, it, it seems to me to be a wonderfully diverse audience that we've had here. In your opinion, and I'm sure you've scanned the program to see if there are enough women represented, what's your feeling? Is it Has it been very gender-balanced here at the festival? Um, I think it has. You know, I think the Book Lounge has done a brilliant job, um, and I'm certainly grateful <coughs> to them for including many of my authors. I think, if I can call them mine, um, I think they've been about eight or so in different ways so spoken yeah. like a woman you're very grateful you should be <laughs> demanding that they, that they include well, you I mean as a small publisher um, and all these other big players and international guests I think it's generous of them to offer a tiny publisher you know so many spaces I'm not so sure. I mean, independent publishing seems to be the word of the moment. Earlier we were talking to Susan Hawthorne, who was talking about it being Bibliodiversity Day, and one of the things she was saying is that the, the there needs to be lots more smaller voices being heard, uh, and niche they may be, but nonetheless it's important that they're heard. Is that how you see yourself as an independent publisher? Are you giving voice to voices that might not otherwise have been heard? Yes, I do think that is the case. and. But what happens is that once the voices have been heard, then, uh, you know, sometimes they go on to be heard in a bigger way by larger publishers. <laughs> is, is, that, is that the fate of an independent publisher? Do you sort of nurture somebody in the nursery and then the big guys come and poach your, your writers? Well, I don't think it's quite as aggressive as that. But I think, you know, if writers are really serious about their careers, sometimes they will move on and they get agents and then the agents aren't going to want them to be published by a publisher that can't offer a large advance. Mm. Just tell me a little bit about being a woman's publisher. I was trying rather badly to explain to Roger, Roger Webster who was asking about, he said he wanted to get hold of that book about Manjaji. I said, no, 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 it isn't a book. It was, uh, when you started, I think you had a dream about a woman underwater, but what, what was the story? I don't think we're going to the dream, but um, my... I grew up in Lesotho and I had a, a, a Sotho name, well I mean I guess I still do but I hardly use it because I don't live in that context but it, was, it is Pulani which means daughter of the rain and then when I was thinking about what to call my imprint um, I thought I wanted something more powerful and Mujaji as a rain queen seemed like a, a good idea, a generative idea. Um, 
um, with, the, with a view always towards um, publishing women. Yes. It, it seems to me that in Cape Town we have a plethora of women writers. Are, are there an increasing amount, or is it just that you are finding them and giving them, putting them in print? Well, I mean, the many women writers who I don't publish and wouldn't publish, not because I don't like their work, I mean, because they would very easily be published by mainstream publishers, but I suppose what I'm trying to do is to unearth stories and voices um, that possibly are more marginal or stories that would be risky maybe for a big publisher to write and <clears throat> to publish and also genres that you know like short stories and I mean I feel quite uh, thrilled in a way the way in the recent years short stories in South Africa seem to have become quite the sort of word on the street and in some ways I don't need to do some of the work that I was doing um, but I still am committed to publishing collections of short stories by individual writers, yeah. whereas there are quite a lot of anthologies now of short stories. In these days of um, short attention spans, I suppose, that uh, <laughs> short stories are actually becoming more appropriate. But one of the things that it's often said about women is that they're not very good at self-promotion. And the thing about promoting books is that you've got to have a catchy cover. Um, I was at the, uh, at the panel discussion earlier listening to Jesse, you and the other panelists were saying, and somebody said... Um, you know, that if, if they change a cover of a book, suddenly nobody thinks it's an interesting cover, they just don't buy it. So the power of a cover is extraordinary. As, a, as somebody who designs book covers, where, where do you begin? Do you read the book thoroughly? How does it work? Uh, sometimes I read the book. Sometimes, um, well, the covers I've done for Colleen, sometimes I'll get a, a sort of a crazy, or Colleen briefs me with some sort of idea of what kind of feel or look you know she wants to go with um, and then I sort of try and pull out images at least one or two that seem to be a theme in the book not something very obvious it's not about illustrating um, an event or, a, or yeah. the story but just something that occurs quite often through the book and then try and find something that will give a sense of the tone of the book the tone of the book as opposed to the, directly the content yeah yeah because you know i'm not always sure if my interpretation is personal and i also want to leave it a bit open for the reader so you want to give them a sense of what the book might be like so they know what to sort of expect when they pick it up but not to reveal too much yeah what they sort of expect. I suppose a bit like, you know, when you go into a clothes shop to buy clothes, it, it, there's a sort of thing that you're looking for. Yeah. Is there, Colleen, is there a sort of an art and science around book covers? I, you know, you've been to many book fairs and book festivals. Is there a, something that says, I am a novel, I am a crime novel, I am a romantic novel? Is there, is there a type of book cover that needs to be saying? <laughs> well, I think that, um, once again, the... Uh, big commercial publishers are, are much more um, I'm trying to think of the word but <clears throat> uh, type driven you know they would have an, uh, an idea that a book that's like this more need, yeah. Yeah. no no not typographical oh, no. Um, genre yeah. Yeah. yeah so that you know like a crime fiction book has to be like this or whatever but um, I mean I love uh, asking artists and I, I would see JC as an artist rather than an illustrator not that there's necessarily a huge difference but I mean to me it feels like I'm getting an original artwork for the cover and um, I want the cover to be beautiful and to be something that somebody will want to pick up um, 
Uh, I, don't, I, mean, I think you can tell to some extent, but not even looking at uh, the title, maybe what the, the, the book is, but maybe maybe not. <laughs> but, but at least that it must be something somehow. It's it's so beautiful, so something that you know. So there's something about it that just makes you want to pick it up. I mean. Yeah. Obviously, one succeeds more or less, and sometimes the name of the author is the thing that's going to make a person yes, pick, pick the back up. when you see the name of the author is in sort of, you know, 60-point bold right across the book, and it doesn't really matter what else is on yeah, it, because everybody yeah. wants to buy that. Yeah. One of the things that, um, at your panel discussion, uh, somebody said that, um, it was Boroshka, I think, from the book lounge, she said that, is it The Miniaturist? There's a book called The Miniaturist, and everybody's buying it because it's just such a beautiful cover. Are you very conscious of making Jesse something very, very beautiful? Um, yes, because it's just well, it's just a lovely opportunity to to sort of um, to play a bit. Um, you know, it's not like illustrating a book where you have to stick too closely, and you need to make something eye-catching. You need to make something I think that people want as an object as well as telling them a bit about the story, so yeah. The other thing that came up, which I thought was very interesting on the discussion, is that there's a lot of copycatting. Uh, I mean, I use the, the example of Fifty Shades of Grey, dare I, dare I breathe that title, um, that a lot of people had sort of, as it were, kind of copied that, that look in the hope that people would make connections. Is that something you're very aware of? Um, I'm generally very aware of copying anyway because of being an illustrator. Um, because I spend a lot of my time online looking at other illustrators. I follow a lot of illustrators on Twitter. So I'm very aware of, you know, the copyright laws and the possibilities of copyright. And so, yeah, it's something that you do take into account, I think, maybe not with Colleen's book so much, but with other book covers where you have to sort of hint at the genre without making something that's, you know, a copy. And I think I also said this morning, I, I do think that doing something that is a copy is unfair to the, the author because you're basically turning their book into a second-rate version of whatever you're copying. Yeah. And uh, Colleen, coming back to the fact that Mujaji is a, is a woman's uh, press, is it quite important that it's sort of a bit feminine? I, you know, I'm really saying mm. this with, with the long teeth, I'm not sure what yeah. I'm saying. But I think of chick lit, you know, do, do we do we want to say this is a woman's book? Because it, does it preclude anybody else buying it? No, I mean, I don't see it like that at all, that the sort of feminine, that, that word in some ways, I suppose, I find a bit irritating. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I mean, I publish women's writing because I'm trying to make a space. Um, Mujaji is trying to offer a space, a platform, a, increase the number of voices and the kinds of voices that are out there. <clears throat> so the book cover isn't for me about saying these are women's voices, but it's about what the person has written about and trying to... Um, encapsulate that in a sense. I mean, that's not the right word either, but, you know, a book becomes a, a thing that you can hold, that you can open and read. So it's got limits and that, that limited object that looks like that, you know, I want it to be, to be beautiful. Yes. <laughs> what have been, I don't know if you can um, sort of measure your, your book sales, but somebody also said recently, you know, one of the things that a publisher wants is to sell a lot of books. 
what of your books have sold the best and has it been in any way reflecting reflected in the cover i mean do, do people come to you and say i bought this fabulous cover uh, I don't think what have been your best sellers and what's okay well my two best sellers have been um whiplash and bomboy um but i mean some of the other titles are still for me in early stages um but I mean, I do very often get comments from, like at the Cape Town Book Fair or at the Frankfurt Book Fair, I get people coming up and saying, wow, you know, your covers are amazing. They, they see a look. Um, so I mean, I feel that somehow I've curated something that is, um, that has an identity and that speaks, that even though some of them are very different to each other, that there is a way in which they speak to each other and complement each other and create a bigger picture. Jesse, for you, one of the things you had to do at the panel discussion this morning was say which were your, um, it wasn't exactly which were your favourite, but which are uh, book covers that you know that have really, you've really thought, wow, that's really successful. Tell me about yours. Um, the ones that I picked this morning, a lot of them actually, what they had in common was that the spines were quite integral to the cover. Um, of which course, is the spine is what most often you see in mm -hmm. a bookshop. Yeah. Maybe. Um, exactly, and you know when they're on my bookshelf, and I glance up at my books, and I sort of have a warm feeling when I <laughs> see, you know, the spines of particular books. So that was the one thing. The other thing was that I think all the ones I chose were quite simple, um, they, and they don't look like any other books. There's some, they're a bit baffling, some of them, <laughs> actually. But that for me is something that works. That makes me want to pick up the book. I, I learned a new expression, which is belly band, and that, that's the, the wrapper that goes round the book. I thought that was such a lovely phrase. Colleen, at what point does an author um, arrive at, and then their name becomes bigger than anything else on, on the cover, you know, like the Joe Nesbos and the Stephen Kings and all the, you know, the Wilbur Smiths, all those sort of great mm. things. Here's the name of the author, and this just happens to be his, her latest book. But, at what point does one make that decision? Any of your authors going to be big up there on the covers? Um, I mean, I'm not sure that I would ever go for that approach. I think that is much more of a sort of commercial publisher approach. I think I would want the cover to be balanced. Yeah. Well, talking of balance, I, I just want to come back to the feminist thing. I know you made the point about feminine being a little bit of an awkward word for you, I suppose, a feminist. There was a feminist uh, discussion, I think. Yes. What, what was the what was the out what was the what was the nature of the debate and what was the outcome? Uh, um, Nancy, you're asking me after four days of being in a conference and at book uh, at open book, I feel my brain is a little and. It was a very inspiring discussion. I mean, Susan Hawthorne and Ritu Menon, Susan is from Australia and Ritu is from India, um, and they've both been feminist publishers for 20 and 30 years, I think, respectively, or more than 20, and they, um, I mean, it's about what I was saying, unearthing voices, uh, making spaces for, for marginalized voices that wouldn't have being heard and I mean I suppose in a sense for me it was just like feeling like wow these are women who I admire and who seem so amazing in what they're doing um, you know I'm in grade one and they at university or they're sort of whatever and, um, but I feel like I'm following in the footsteps of I mean I know that's not exactly what you asked me but for me as a person it was um, affirming that there is still room for feminist publishing we still live in a society, certainly in South Africa, where 
there's a lot of injustice for women and things aren't fair and equal, uh, especially for poorer women. But I mean, in all kinds of ways. So I think there's... So a lot of voices still needing to be heard. Exactly. If anybody would like to know a little bit more about your publishing company, it's, it's majajibooks.co.za. Majajibooks.co.za. And Jesse, if anybody would like to know a little bit more about your work, do you have a website? Yeah, it's jessiebreitenbach.co.za. It's Jesse? Jesse Breitenbach. Oh, it's the, the whole Just thing. my name. <laughs> jessiebreitenbach.co.za and majajibooks.co.za. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank, Thank you, Nancy. Thank you.